Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. This is my intro to the podcast I'm going to be posting. Now, my first few I'm going to be posting are actually based off of YouTube interviews slash conversations that I've already had with people. And there's some really good stuff in that. So I didn't want to waste that material. So this is my intro for that. So the audio is a little bit different. Uh, Obviously, they were recorded for video, but they are fantastic conversations and interviews. And I didn't want you guys to miss them and connecting with those incredible humans. So as I said, this is my intro to those conversations, and I hope you all enjoy. I will definitely let you know when I'm posting new material, and I think you'll be able to tell because this audio quality is definitely better than the original audio quality of the podcast that you're about to listen to. So I apologize that the audio quality is not exactly perfection, but hey, we all got to start somewhere. And I definitely appreciate you all being here and listening, and I look forward to talking to you in the next podcast. morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. So excited for this episode. Obviously, you can see I am here with the Autism Edit uh, Instagram channel. This is Kathy. Uh, so excited to, to have you joining. Thank you so much for, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, I want to touch for anybody that doesn't know, um, Kathy's channel is The Autism Edit, so definitely check her out on Instagram. Give her a follow. Check out her stories, um, the pictures, everything. You have a really nice flow to your Instagram. That was like the first thing I noticed is uh, they all kind of have the pictures have the kind of similar vibe and coloring and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so have everybody check it out. I will put links in the description below. Um, so wanted to hop right in um, and just kind of talk about uh, your story. It's always a good place to start. Uh, So maybe just talk a little bit about your background and your story and kind of, you know, how you got to where you are. For sure. So I have three children and a few years ago, back in 2016, my middle son, when I was seven months pregnant with my youngest, was his pediatrician suggested that he might be on the autism spectrum. And I'm going to just chalk it up to pregnancy hormones, but it really threw me for a loop. I wasn't expecting it or I was at definitely in a lot of denial about his milestones and not reaching them and being different from other kids. So then here where we live in Canada, there's a very long wait list and um, we had to wait about eight months to get a formal diagnosis. So it was maybe nine months. So it was very up and down kind of a roller coaster of emotions and a lot of time on Google, (laughs) which is good and bad. So what really got me through it, by the time he actually was formally diagnosed, I realized what was the most helpful was hearing the stories of other people who had lived through a similar situation of being diagnosed and going on to adulthood and feeling like a successful, thriving person. And they had hopeful stories, which on Google, it's not so hopeful or it wasn't that time. So that was super uplifting to me. And it just led me down a path of eventually many years later, of course, um, sharing my story in the hopes that if anyone was feeling that way, they could find someone to relate to and know that they weren't alone. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you know, that's, that's wild. When you mentioned about like, there's like a waiting list, like, uh, of like eight months, like, that's strange. Like, so you have to wait to get like answers and diagnosis and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of, you definitely could go through private practice and pay and get it sooner. 
I think I didn't really explore that option because I was very much like, he doesn't have it. She's wrong. What's she yeah. talking about? She doesn't know him. And I had a lot of denial about it. Just, um, and I think that came from a genuine place of unconditional love for my son. And um, I know that probably doesn't make sense to everyone, but to me, I just felt like he's perfect and he's, you know, he is who he is. Just that's not what it is. There's nothing wrong with him. Right. Yeah. Um, so you could definitely go through private practice, but here uh, the autism rates here, I think it's similar in the States is one in 66 kids. So the wait list is just getting up there. Like so many wow. kids are going through this diagnosis and yeah, it's just, there's less and less uh, availability of like psychologists and neurologists and that kind of thing. And they're trying to change that. Now they're trying to, broaden who is um, available and qualified to diagnose but at that time it was very limited and there weren't a lot of resources so it was a long wait. Interesting yeah uh, we, we had talked a little bit off camera about how autism is becoming you know su such just a familiar thing it's not like a strange thing when you hear somebody has autism or something and we were discussing about how very soon it's going to be everybody knows somebody uh, that has gone through this or experienced this or has somebody in their family or, or their life or their child or something. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of disappointing to hear that it, it seems like we're still vastly unpre unprepared in the medical community and the health, you know, healthcare community and all that for something that's becoming so almost common and prevalent and not mm -hmm. a rarity anymore, you know? Absolutely. And I think for a lot of adults too, like now that they are more privy to the symptoms, because for me, one of the things that I was really in denial about is for me, the stereotype was, well, he doesn't have like hour long tantrums. And he was only like four at the time. So that was, you know, kind of to be expected. He was just turning four. So two, three, you expect kids to have meltdowns and all that kind of stuff. And like, you'd read on Google like, oh, overstimulation at places like the grocery store where the lights are very bright and it's so colorful and it can be very loud and distracting. Like that's really hard for people with autism. And I was like, my son loves the grocery store. What are you talking about? But he's very sensory seeking. Like he under registers a lot of that kind of thing. So to me, it just didn't add up. And I was able to talk myself out of it with Google. <laughs> and, um, but now I think as adults for us, um, I'm 34. So I feel like, you know, midlife people where you're like, Oh, I always felt there was something maybe different about me. And I didn't understand what that was. And that was so confusing, so difficult to grow through. And those people are really starting to realize like, Oh my gosh, like I could, you know, have a diagnosis of autism. I yeah. could have a diagnosis of ADHD. I could, and that too is becoming very much more prevalent in the medical system as well. So I think, yeah, it's just this, these people are just so overworked, the physicians, the people qualified yeah. to diagnose. So it's, um, it's a big challenge that we've got to overcome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's interesting that you said that I actually know somebody in their mid thirties who was not diagnosed uh, as being autistic until they were 31. And, hey, and he awesome. said something very, very similar of like, I knew that there was something, but I thought everybody had something that was a little bit off or something that gave them a high level of extreme anxiety and this and that. And then he actually saw, you know, like the, you know, the, the diagnosis and everything, like he sought it out and he was diagnosed and, you know, his, his expression that he used was, well, 
I'm not like the people you see in the movies. Like, and autism in the movies is a very specific thing, and people, you know, whiling out and all this kind of stuff and threat. And he's like, I, that was never me. I'm very calm. I'm very relaxed. And it's interesting, you know, it it appears and presents in so many different ways and forms. And there's not like a stereotypical way of of seeing it anymore. I know. I think that's, it's such a double-edged sword too, because it makes it hard to talk about because one person's experience with it is so vastly different from someone else who might have the exact same diagnosis. They just don't have the same issues or like they're very sensitive and the other person is very sensory seeking and they're totally insensitive to that noise and they like being brought up by that. And then there's also the fact that like, we need more representation in the media. <laughs> it's just sort of like, well, how do you speak to everyone? Like it's, it's very difficult. And I would never want someone to feel like by me telling my story about our um, issues that like, oh, well, my son doesn't have troubles at the grocery store. He loves that. He loves to be at a loud place where there's lots of bright lights. That's not fair for everyone to think that, oh, well, that person's kid does okay how come your kid like what's wrong with you that you're not helping your kid get through that like it's such a difficult thing to talk about for that reason yeah absolutely kind of go back to that whole way of thinking of one size does not fit all uh there mm -hmm. is no universal way of looking at something anymore you know there's individual cases and everybody's different so yeah definitely get that um talk to me a little bit about your your instagram story like how did you get started with that how did it evolve to what it is i see on your instagram channel now you have a hundred that's deep dive right you have 138 posts and you have almost 3,000 followers which is really cool so uh how did you kind of go through your like i call it the instagram journey like how did how did you go through that well, it's interesting because I didn't start with autism at all. So that's actually where a lot of my followers are from, thankfully. Um, I live in Edmonton, Alberta. We have a very, very, very supportive small shop community. There's a, lo a lot of keep Edmonton weird, keep Edmonton unique. I'm sure it's like that in a lot of major cities where you yeah. really support small shops. And so um, after this diagnosis, I had felt like I thrown myself so into autism and I had just exhausted myself on it. And I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to, you know, have to do more with it than I was already doing in the day-to-day -day living. And I have two other children and I was a stay-at-home mom and I just felt like I needed something that was just for me, just fun. So I started a small shop online and then after a while, it was really great. I had so many supportive people in the community. It was amazing. I made some really great connections there, but I just felt like this isn't me. Like the managing of the inventory and thinking of opening a store and all that stuff. It wasn't the point of it. And I just thought like, this isn't for me. And thankfully I listened to myself, which I don't always do. Stop doing it. And I just got out of it really quickly. And then I transitioned into someone I had met was a blogger. And she was like, I really need an assistant. Um, I would love to hire someone locally. And I was like, oh, I'm getting out of my shop. I would love to learn about blogging. And so I helped her. And then she was like, you need to be blogging about this autism stuff. Like, you know so much about it. And then I thought, you know, I'd had like kind of a bit of a break. My son had started school. He was really thriving. He was, had more of a, we had more of a team support in therapists and teachers and that kind of stuff. So it didn't feel so like heavily on me. 
And I thought like, yeah, you know what? That's right. And that's when it came back to the, I did really benefit from hearing other people's stories. And maybe that's a sign that I need to share mine. And it's been so lovely. I've really connected with a lot of people. And to have that community is really important. That's awesome. It's it's so interesting how things can evolve from such a natural place of, you know, you're just like, oh, this is interesting. I'll try this. And this person encourages you to do that. And it just kind of evolves and snowballs. And I always love hearing when people say, I listen to that kind of inner voice telling me, don't do this, do this, like follow this. And then you do it and you go, oh, this worked. This was a success, actually. Yeah, totally. so that's, yeah, that's there really yeah yeah it's it's always a nice feeling when you trust yourself and you go okay go me i i i I got that one right (laughs) um yeah so i wanted to touch on a couple different things that you talk about um you know on your on your instagram page that i found uh personally for myself um uh, really either interesting or informative which was great uh and i think you kind of balance both really nicely so you you post things that are both just kind of fun and lighthearted you know you show things with your family and and you show these like nice pictures and everything but you also provide a lot of really informative information which i think is great um i myself uh, have a nephew who is autistic um and, and that's something that i've been learning about and i've had to learn about he's still very young uh but but to be perfectly honest your your page just kind of showed me a few things that you know made me think differently about some things so i appreciate that um, and one of the things I wanted to touch on that you talk about that I got a lot from personally was language. Uh, so you really touch on language quite a bit. Uh, can you explain a little bit more about, you know, why that's something that you wanted to make sure that you pointed out and spoke about personally? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when our son was first diagnosed, we definitely used more person first language, which would to be uh, to say something along the lines of, oh, my son has autism or that kind of thing. Whereas now we would refer to it as like our autistic son. Um, Because the more we got involved with the community, the more we were able to connect with autistic adults. And there was one compelling argument that one man that my husband and I met, and he had said, you know, autism isn't like a disease that I have that I want to get rid of. It's something that is just makes up a part of who I am. And it's very in depth it's part of my personality and and it's the whole of me it's not just one little piece of me and so he's like i just identify as an autistic person and i couldn't be me if it wasn't for autism and that was really eye-opening to us so we just felt like oh my gosh like yeah we're not trying to cure him we're not trying to you know him different we just want to support him and help him succeed in society but also to be a proud autistic man in the future and boy, you know, so that was, that really hit home to us. Like we would never want him to feel like it's something we see as not just a part of who he is and something that we feel like he should have to point out to people or explain or anything like that. So once we heard that, that really changed our minds. But as he gets older, there are still some people that prefer person-first language. And I think whatever he decides, we will follow his lead. My husband and I, neither of us are on the spectrum. We don't know. So it's not our decision to make. I think it's a very personal decision. And it's something that you need to talk about on an individual basis. Um, Just you saying that alone is really inspiring for me to hear because... 
I, you touched on something that I personally believe very strongly in, um, which is I love that you said, like, it's your son's choice. Uh, it will be his choice. Um, it's not like you make this decision and that's just what he does. It's like, no, like he will grow and he will learn and we'll go with what he wants to go with. Uh, you know, yes. because like you said, he's the one that's experiencing. He's the one that's going through this and feeling these things. Um, and, and I think that's that's a great way of kind of viewing it and looking at it that at least for me growing up wasn't the way that it was talked about. Autism was not talked about that way for a really long time. I, I'm 35 myself and um, I feel like I didn't really start learning about what I call modern day views of like autism until just like a couple years ago. Um, yeah. because for a really long time, yeah, right? Like, you're like, oh yeah, me too. Uh, for a really long time, it was just very stereotypical things, very like way, you know, cliche ways of thinking about it and approaching it. Um, you know, so I, I love hearing of kind of saying, well, we'll let him kind of lead and we'll follow, you know, what he wants. Um, I, I think that's really amazing. Um, one thing I, I definitely want to touch on, and this is, I think, at least for me personally, one of the most important things that you touch on in your Instagram uh, is that kind of notion of burnout and that burnout does happen um, and that it just makes us human and it just makes us real. And, you know, we can try to cover it up, which is every day, honestly, what most people do about work or life or frustrations, whatever, you just kind of put a smiling face on and cover it up. Uh, but mm -hmm. part of this channel is talking about those things and letting people know they don't always have to do that. Um, so I'm really interested to hear about your take on kind of burnout and how that affects you and your family and how you experience that personally. Yeah, I think like today's day and age, we're expected to be so on all the time or expected to be available to everyone all the time. If you get a text message from your family while you're at your job, they are wondering how come you're not replying. And then when you get an email from work in the evening when you're having dinner with your family, they're frustrated that you're not answering their questions. Yes, and it's, exactly. it's exhausting. And then if you are running any kind of social media or you want to just connect with your friends on social media, like how come you're not showing up for them? Is everything okay? And it's just like, no one can do that. No one can live that way all the time and not experience some kind of just exhaustion, right? And a question that I actually have gotten a lot recently is like, is it okay if I take a break from like therapy with my kid every single day? And obviously I'm not a therapist. I am a mom. And of course, this is something everybody needs to discuss with their own therapy team. But for me, I just feel like, who the heck wants to do that all day, every day? Like no yeah. kid wants to do it. No parent wants to do it. It's not realistic. You're going to resent the hell <laughs> of the therapy if you're trying to be perfect at it all the time. And it's just not feasible. And I just hope people do not feel guilty about that. You need to rest. And then when you're ready, you will come at it from like a whole new perspective and it'll just benefit everyone. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that a thousand percent. Um, uh, uh, something that I say a lot is you can't help somebody else unless you help yourself first. Like, how are you expected to give advice or, or wisdom or guidance or teach when you're a mess? You know, how, how can you take on that brunt when you're not even fully put together yourself? So I'm a huge believer in having kind of self-care days and just taking moments to yourself you know, 
walk outside and just breathe in the fresh air or go take a walk somewhere or like just get a turn your phone off just get away from things and walk away from things every once in a while um, I think it's really refreshing uh, it's really funny actually uh, occasionally my wife and I will do these things where we'll just like put our phones away and at first there's this like kind of nerve-wracking feeling that you get and then yes. like an hour later you're just like wow this is really relaxing like I like this a lot and there's Absolutely. something there's something to be said to kind of walking away from that all. Now it's a little different when you have a family. It's harder to kind of walk away, but uh, you know, I, I love that you said that, and I think that's really important. So thank you for for sharing that. Um, um, it's also very stressful for your nephew right now. You said he's yeah. quite young, right? Yeah. And there's so much research that goes to show early intervention is just key. And if you're not doing early intervention, you might as well just give up on your child. Like, that's what it feels like when you read it, yeah. um, when you read about early intervention. And I think it becomes so stressful for parents because for me, I future tripped. Like when my son was first diagnosed, he was four going on five. And I was like, oh, is he ever going to be able to drive? Is he ever going to get a job? Is he ever going to be able to go to university or if he wants to? Or like, you know, all those things And I just, and my husband was like, he's four. <laughs> relax but you've got a little was, bit of time <laughs> yeah and it's just so funny because I had been reading so much about like early intervention is key and you have to do xyz and I think for parents it can be very overwhelming of like but if I don't do it now he's going to not you know have the best chance later and I think it gets very stressful but then it becomes stressful on everyone and this is just a learn a lesson that I have learned recently I was horrible at this a few years ago but I agree with you like just taking a day off taking a few days off just regrouping letting it go giving some extra screen time if that's what feels right getting outside with no intention of making it a therapy session all those kinds of things like it's really important for everybody to just have a moment like where you know development and the future is just not on your mind yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, self-care, so important. Everybody listening out there, self-care. Take care of yourselves, everybody. Um, so kind of going into that, uh, if you wanted to maybe touch on a little bit more because you were just kind of talking about personal growth. Um, how have you changed? Because you, you touched on that little bit of like, I didn't, I couldn't, you know, like, how mm -hmm. have you changed um, through this process personally? Uh, I'm very lucky. I, last year, I started seeing a therapist, and she's amazing, <laughs> and I love her. I haven't seen her in a little while. That's my bad, and I need to go because things are good, but I have to keep going. So that's my PSA for myself right now. Hopefully, I'll listen back when I see this video back. <laughs> um, but I feel like I was such a martyr mom. I had to do everything. I had to be the one to make all the appointments and be there and do all this. And I was a very difficult person to help. And I wouldn't, I was such a gatekeeper to help. Like I was just very much like, no one can do it like I can. And I just had that such stereotype martyr attitude. So in the last year or two, I definitely have taken a step back of like, hey, if I just do what I want, is anybody going to care? And guess what? No, <laughs> they don't. No, no, they don't. And then I'm happier and then they're happier and everybody's happier. 
So that has been incredible. It's been so wonderful. And I feel like that I've grown so much. And then also, I wish that I had just been this really compassionate person before, but I really didn't have experience with anyone from the disability community, like hardly at all before this. And I was just in my own bubble of like naive person, not really caring about much outside of my own little world. And I thankfully have now through this experience just grown so much and I've become a much more compassionate human to other humans. And it's really opened up my world in a really beautiful way. You hear this people follow the autism edit on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> Kathy's awesome. So thank you. Thank you for, for sharing all that. Um, uh, kind of, uh, you know, leading into this, um, we talked about a little bit about how everybody's journey is different. Um, you know, everybody experiences this differently and goes through it and grows differently and learns differently. Uh, have you interacted with anybody else in the autism community? Um, and, and how are they similar to you if you have, or how are they different? How are their experiences different? Like, what is your experience with that overall? Uh, I think it's it's challenging because some people are really thrilled about the diagnosis. So that is a big difference that I've had because, of course, when you get the diagnosis, then typically you get services, you get support, you get um, a lot of help at school that you wouldn't normally get without a diagnosis or anything like that. That was one big difference for me when my son was little. I was like, Ugh, I didn't want to label him. I was terrified of that. Uh, I just wanted, I felt like, if I tell everybody this thing about him, then they're gonna know uh, that he struggles with certain things. And I, instead of being like, oh, he'll be okay in a few years. And I then no one will ever have to know that like he was a late walker or he was a late talker or, or whatever, right? So that was a big difference for me in the community. Um, and obviously there were other people that could relate to what I was going through as well. Uh, and then with the autistic adult community, I find that is like a very, especially because anyone who's an adult had a very different experience than what kids are having now. Yeah. So I think there's a big difference there because a lot of people, unfortunately, they weren't very well supported. They weren't uplifted. They didn't get you know, that love from their community and their families. So that has been difficult to hear about too, but it also furthers the mission of being like, hey, this is unacceptable. People should not have to live like this. And we need to make awareness and acceptance a day-to-day -day thing because it is very common in our community. And even if someone doesn't have the diagnosis, I think we're now recognizing that we all probably do know someone on the yeah. spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, kind of, kind of rounding everything out, I want to talk about, you know, we talked about, you know, the past and the present and what you've learned and everything. Let's talk about the future. What do you have going on? What, what's coming up for you down the road a little bit? Well, I will be starting a podcast. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. very similar content. Some of it 50, 50, it'll be me alone. Just talking things like that about language, my experiences, kind of, you know, where we're at or, or things we've learned along the way that I haven't had the opportunity to share yet. I think it's nice to be able to hear someone talk about it as opposed to reading it. We all sort of interpret what we read differently, or at yeah. least I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then the other 50% will be interviews with different people like 
um, lots of different topics. So I'm really excited about that. That's going to be coming hopefully in the fall, but here we just went back into lockdown. <laughs> so I'm not 100% sure on that timeline, but I cannot see it being any later than the fall. That's awesome. Hear it, everybody. Podcast coming up. Uh, I will definitely reference back to that um, on a future episode when that podcast does come around. Um, so that sounds awesome. Good luck with that. Uh, I think that'll be a really nice uh, kind of outlet and venue and route for you because we've only had very limited communication, but you're super easy to talk to and communication just flows very easy. And I know people that are saying like, I, I know people in my life that are like, man, I kind of want to have a podcast. I'm like, well, what about? And they're like, I don't know, just stuff. I'm like, this is not going to go well. Um, <laughs> you know, I really feel like you need to be somebody who's good with communication and everything. So I think that's really awesome. And I'll definitely be back to, to check that out later. So, um, well, I, I just wanted to thank you so much for, for coming here and, and sharing your story and experience and thoughts. Um, you know, I, I'm so, so happy to do this and, and I've learned a lot from you and I will continue to, to check out your, your Instagram channel. Um, so I'm going to put links, description, everything below here, guys. So uh, check it out. It's uh, the Autism Edit. That's the Instagram account. Um, so definitely give her a follow. Uh, check that out. And we're going to be doing a giveaway. Uh, so she's very graciously, Kathy's very graciously uh, partnered with me to do a giveaway. Um, so we're going to be doing a $50 gift card to Amazon. So exciting. Everybody loves $50 gift card to Amazon. Uh, so we're going to be doing a $50 gift card uh, giveaway. Uh, and all you need to do um, is definitely follow the Autism Edit uh, and then comment with the hashtag Autism Family. So that's what it's going to be. I'm going to put it below, obviously, so you guys can see it. But it's going to be Autism Family. Um, so give the Autism Edit uh, a follow on Instagram. Uh, so you can um, give a follow on her channel and then hashtag it there, hashtag it on my channel. Uh, and if you decide to check out the YouTube video and hashtag it through the YouTube directly, you'll get a double entry. So the more you hashtag, the more you enter, and the more likely you are to get $50 Amazon gift card giveaway. How great is that? So uh, woo, right? That's celebration. Um, so once again, uh, Kathy, thank you so much for, for sharing your experiences and your journey. Um, I would love it if a little bit down the road, we could reconnect, see what's going on. Hopefully when you got your podcast going on, we can, we can chat more. Um, but as I've said, guys, uh, check out her channel, check out my channel. Uh, and just remember, you know, it's okay to be yourselves and who you are and to ask for help and, you know, just being human. It's okay. Um, so once again, thank you so much for joining and for everybody out there, uh, if you're coming back, thank you for coming. If this is your first time here, thanks for joining and wherever it is you're coming from, good morning, good afternoon, good Good evening, and I will see you in the next video.